creative expression because creative expression i think is is something that's much more accessible to people my definition of a vocation a vocation is the intersection of your your skills you know what you're good at what you're passionate about and what you can find abundance from and you know so when we can find that in our lives no matter what it is then 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 life becomes wonderful and completely fulfilling i'm curious i get to lean into the community aspect could you maybe talk a little bit about that and your discovery of this or this pursuit of finding your creative endeavors you think about creative expression and that it's just one dimensional and that it's just you and there, there's there is value to that so creative expression comes in so many different forms and it can come in the form of simply how you organize your living space and 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 what it is that you bring into your living space that is a part of you Hey everyone, welcome to the Meaningful Revolution podcast. I'm your host and certified high performance coach, Sean Butner. This is the podcast where we hope to inspire you to lean into what you nerd out about, what you find passionate, what you find fulfilling, to start your fulfilling transformation out in the world. Now, today's guest is on a mission to serve. Throughout his career in the semiconductor industry, he's discovered the opportunities but we have to elevate others to have the most impact. After 35 years operating in various capacities, manufacturing, engineering, to CFO, CEO, excuse me, he's learned one thing about, or one thing with absolute clarity. Our service to others is our greatest contribution. So today I'd love to introduce to you to my good friend, Jim Kowski. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Sean. It's real pleasure to be here. I've been looking forward to this and real excited to talk to you today. I've been looking forward to this also because uh, we go way back, uh, early mm -hmm. pandemic. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, uh, certified high performance coaches. So, uh, let me get this set up. Okay. So, um, yeah, so, so it's always a pleasure to get to talk with you, and we always have so much to talk about. Uh, so today, you know, we're talking about the Meaningful Revolution. I'd love to know, you know, we're going to be talking about art and creativity. If you could start a Meaningful Revolution for you, that, that fulfilling transformation or that purposeful impact kind of giant umbrella that a lot of people have in life, what would you maybe call it or what would it look like? Mm -hmm. That's a great question, uh, and you know, the thing that, that pops into my mind, in particular with regards to the topic at hand today, is, and, and I like to call this creative expression, because creative expression, I think, is, is something that's much more accessible to people. Creative expression is actually an area that we coach our clients in it's one of the modules uh, is that, that are part of what are known as the charge sessions and create a lot of people have an aversion towards thinking about or talking about what creative expression is to them because oh i've never drawn in my life i don't have, you know i'm not an artist of this and that and 
my point here is is that if if you look at it from that perspective, I think that you're losing out on an important dimension on what creative expression is. Creative expression is really can manifest itself in many different ways. And the, if, I, if I were to call it something, I would say that creative expression is, is, is the fulcrum to a fulfilling life. And when I talk about fulcrum, I mean, you think about that, you know, the pivot point on a uh, on a on a, a uh, what we used to call back where I grew up a teeter totter, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, or you know any type of, of lever, right? Where you've got a point and you're you know and, and you're using that point as a, as leverage. That fulcrum of creative expression is something that really gives our lives a a kind of meaning that's uh, difficult to excess from other places so yeah creative expression as is a fulcrum to a fulfilling life i think is a great way to say it in as few words as possible <laughs> oh that's amazing and i think you know doing a podcast doing coaching i mean people create things all the time every i mean at least three times a day people are creating a meal for themselves or for others you know yeah. there, there's so many different areas that this touches in our lives. And and I completely agree that when you are creating, you tend to be feeling a lot more fulfilled or feeling a lot more on purpose than when you're like consuming or not. So I'm curious, like, could you tell us a time when maybe before you had this realization that, you know, creative expression is the fulcrum of a fulfilling life, mm -hmm. kind of where you were, that decision point, or that point of learning or discovery, and then what happened after that? Yeah, so yeah, it's great because I never really thought about it from that perspective. But um, it, it happened when I was at uh, went to the Rochester Institute of Technology for my undergrad degree in electrical engineering, and uh, it was during that those say four first four years a five year program. So the first three and a half or so years. Uh, I was overwhelmed with the difficulty of the program. It was, and, and I had always had a pretty, I had it pretty easy going through grade school and, and high school. Things were, things came easy for me and, uh, and I really enjoyed studying and, and the work. But when I got to RIT, I think part of it was I just didn't have a good sense of what engineering was all about and what I was in store for. I, I, I was, pointed in that direction by my guidance counselor, uh, Father Ted Rogue, a uh, <laughs> very important mentor in my life, a wonderful man. And he uh, he suggested I go in this direction. Anyways, when I got to RIT, I was very one-dimensional. It was all just studying and school. It was very, and, and you know, some uh, just social outlets, but I'd, I'd lost connection with with uh, the creative side of me and, and i had had a creative side prior to that in grade school and high school and grade school you know, I, I had a, a variety of hobbies things such as building these model rockets that you know manufactured by this company called estes you buy these kits and and you could build these rockets of all different shapes and sizes with you know you could put payloads in the rockets you know and <laughs> you could you know, send send 
crickets and ants, you know, <laughs> whatever you want to put in, you know. And uh, it was really fun and fascinating. And and it was in sixth grade at that same time when I really got into science because my sixth grade science teacher was amazing. And now that I think back of it, Mr. Kirst, who I'm still in touch with this day to this day. Mr. Kirst was a bit of a renaissance man. He was he was a fine artist, but he was also and, and he was a teacher and he was a, a scientist, you know, fascinating, wonderful man. And so but when I got into RIT, I became very one dimensional and I didn't realize it at the time. And only now when you when you bring this out and it further emphasizes the importance of creative expression, only now do I do I do I connect with the fact that that's one of the reasons why I had such difficulty those first couple of years is I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't fulfilled. I didn't have a, a complete life because I was outside of those. So then when I left RIT, um, one of the first things I did after moving to Cambridge, Massachusetts, uh, one of the first things I did was I enrolled in a class at the Cambridge Center for Adult Education on furniture making. Now, RIT, interest, one of the interesting things about RIT is it's a great school for engineering. It's a great school for computer science and the sciences, but it also has something known as the School for American Craftsmen. Mm. And so you can go to RIT for four-year programs in pottery or... or uh, jewelry and metalwork or glass or furniture making and I, I just i had friends that were furniture makers and i always always envied what they were there to do which was to create things with their hands and that was all about that was combining creative expression with with the ability to to obtain to obtain abundance and that's that's mm -hmm. my definition of a vocation a vocation is the intersection of your your skills you know what you're good at what you're passionate about and what you can find abundance from and you know so when we can find that in our lives no matter what it is then 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 life becomes wonderful and completely fulfilling anyway uh so after i started taking that course on furniture making I, I built my first piece which i still have in my living room today which is a awesome coffee table that that i still use and uh, so that was kind of the start of my reawakening and reconnecting with creative expression and the importance of it and as i've progressed through my life there have been periods there have been lulls of creative expression and it's only been within the last maybe four or five years where I've really hit the gas on it and uh, and come to realize its importance in in providing for me a, a life that's fulfilling and and much more enjoyable and when you get to that point everything else particularly what you what you're doing for abundance for your career regardless of what it is everything else just just benefits greatly when you when you have that when you fill in those extra pieces Right on. Yeah, I, I know being an engineer too, I definitely relate to feeling like engineering is a creative endeavor in itself because you're creating documents that turn into machines, that turn into software, that turn into microchips and semiconductors and all that kind of stuff. And that can be really fun 
And it could also, when it's your job, also be dry, you know? Like, I started in software as a hobby that turned into a career and then, you know, it wasn't as awesome in that particular way. But for me, it was music. Like, music got me out of my shell in high school so I could make friends in college. Music kept me engaged in community events there. Music, when I moved to Arkansas, was a way to connect with the community um, Mm -hmm. and to meet people. So... Um, it, it's, and it made everything that I was doing better. I was a better engineer because I was happier. I felt, um, sometimes you just need to like break concentration and get away from that analytical brain. Yeah. And, and so cooking music was super important. So I'm um, curious, like, how do you know when it's time to start a new thing or ha- are you still making furniture? Um, has your path been one of focusing on one or two things or has it been as opportunities have come up or, or could you explain a little bit maybe your thinking on, on that? No, great question. Yeah, it's it, it's really about uh, accessibility uh, for me. And I, and I, and it, the accessibility part is what is what gets you gets it introduced into your life whatever whatever creative endeavor or form of creative expression that you might be pursuing and i've been i've been really fortunate to have access to a variety of different opportunities to help propel the different dimensions of my creative expression sometimes you make them for yourself though like recently, one of one of my outlets for creative expression has been to to write, and so I made a commitment when I first started this coaching journey. I made the commitment that I was going to uh, write a blog post every week, and for three years, I wrote a blog blog post for you know every week, with a couple of exceptions due to health related reasons. But for the most part, I, I nailed it, and now I've got you know hundreds of thousands of words of content that I can publish in different ways and I've got really a kind of a you know leg it's it's a it's an online journal it's a legacy of where my mind was at at the time and the things that I've thought about uh, but it was an opportunity for me to express who I was what my philosophies and beliefs were and that was something that I just created I didn't need anything to get that started so there, there, there are those types of things there's the furniture making thing which a lot of times you know you don't have a workshop at your disposal <laughs> I mean when I was in Cambridge uh we were living in a you know small tiny little apartment nope you know we, it was a tiny bedroom one open floor apparent a tiny little bathroom and that was it you know it probably you know 800 square feet just teeny 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 postage mm-hmm. stamp size but we were living in Cambridge, halfway between Central Square and Harvard Square, you know, 10 minute walk from Harvard University. And it's just, it was great, great. But, um, you know, having access to that workshop and the expertise in it, that was the thing that moved me in that direction. And, and I've had, uh, I've had, the, I've, I've sought out and recognize those opportunities throughout my life. Some of them have been, been serendipitous. Some have been things that I just went out and looked for. Um, you know, my, my uh, opportunities in music came from one of my best friends, uh, Vic Quattrini. And Vic and I are fishing buddies. And uh, Vic started playing the guitar. And he said, hey, Jimbo, I know you, you play the guitar. And 
I've started in with this uh, Tuesday night workshop with this guy, EJ Willette. And uh, why don't you come and join me one Tuesday night? I think it'd be a lot of fun. And I said, all right. So I went there and there was maybe 20 people sitting in a circle and, and EJ was, and they all had guitars and EJ would teach the group something. And we'd all try to, to emulate it. And after the session, EJ pulled me inside and said, yeah, you know, you're probably a little bit more advanced for this. Why don't you come to my Thursday night session where we actually work on song arrangements? Mm. And I'm like, ooh, that sounds exciting. Let's do that because you know the thing about playing music, it's it's fun to develop and do it on your own. But music is a kind of communication, and when you can communicate with other musicians through the music while playing your your different instruments, it's, there's magic there. And I think it was Phil Lesh from the the bass player, the Grateful Dead, who said this recently. I saw this in an interview. He said, "Yeah, when we play music." We're tapping into a higher cosmic level of 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 consciousness, and you know it, it's not that we're good or bad musicians. We're tapping into this consciousness and drawing it down and giving other people access to it, all at the and and we get access to it all at the same time and experience it at the same same time. So that kind of communal experience, you can't beat it, and that's that's why the creative expression uh, dynamic of of playing music with groups is just so powerful. So I'd love to add to that right there sure. um, because I can't agree with that even more. Like that's such an important point where, and I, I think there's a metaphor for life where a lot of times there's a magic working with people towards a, a common goal. But, you know, I, some of my favorite times playing music, um, you know, there's a lot of personal growth that came from it, but there are times with some folk singers from Arkansas sitting around a campfire when I lived there that are some of my most favorite and magical moments because you do feel the sense of connection and community or, you know, the presence of a higher power even. Yeah. It, it, it's very, I, it caught me off guard the first time I experienced it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, more of this, please, you know. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> more so. of this. And maybe this all the time. I would yeah. not. Yeah. No, <laughs> so, it's, it's it's so true. It's so true. It's spot on, Sean. And what ended up happening was this: this you know, I, EJ invited me to the Thursday night sessions. We sat around. We started arranging songs. I remember the first song that I brought to this group: a simple little two chord song called "Ico Ico," which is. Uh, first recorded by the Dixie Cups. It's a New Orleans Mardi Gras uh, parade song. And it's very, very real simple. It's kind of kind of has a Bo Diddley beat to it, but really it's just a very infectious little tune. And so uh, I, I introduced that and we go around the horn, everybody would introduce. After doing it for a few months, I, I said, you know, we should put on a, we should perform somewhere. And I think we're that good. This little, you know, yeah, all right, fine, we've got, five guitars but we can figure that out later <laughs> and so um this is when i was 40 years old this is 22 years ago i was just uh, it was just my birthday a few days ago and uh it makes me realize oh, happy that. birthday happy birthday thanks <laughs> thank you uh so when i was 40 years old i, I, I if, if people were wondering well who's going to want to book us as a band we'll say let's put on our own show so we put on a benefit concert 
for a cause that I was very close to at the time and invited a bunch of other musicians and we opened the night and then we, you know, all the other bands played after us and and then we had a Beatles dance cover band that was made up of my friends that ended the night. It's just this glorious, wonderful night of celebration of music and it was my foray into live performance, which I still participate into this day. I mean, last uh, last uh, Friday night, uh, there's a local restaurant that sadly they decided to close their doors and we had just started uh, playing gigs there once a month. Um, but they, you know, COVID just had too much of an impact then. And now post COVID, they couldn't, they, they couldn't uh, increase their, their bottom line enough. So uh, they closed, but we played the last night that they were open and uh, place was packed and sang Christmas, some Christmas songs and a bunch of cover tunes. And it was just, it was great. So, uh, so to this day, that, that, that's a side of my creative life that still exists. Right on. That's so cool. And, and something I've heard having a couple other folks on a podcast to talk about creating art, like writers or, um, you know, getting into whatever type of weird crafting or, or whatever, is there's this weird sense of humans wanting to show, hey, I created this, mm-hmm. let me show it to you. Like, it's a very, like, you see it in kids all the time. Like, it could be the most gnarly looking picture of the family, but it's, cute and endearing but that sense of pride of like i created this here world check it out i I think is so rewarding um Mm -hmm. but it's it's also weird because it's also community building right like yeah like you said like you you played the last restaurant here i'm sure you still will talk with the the owners or the people that you knew from that that place um so I'm curious, I guess, to lean into the community aspect, could you maybe talk a little bit about that and your discovery of this, or this pursuit of finding your creative endeavors? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the community aspect, I think, is, uh, yeah, you think about creative expression and that it's just one-dimensional and that it's just you. And there, there is value to that. So... Creative expression comes in so many different forms and it can come in the form of simply how you organize your living space and 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 what it is that you bring into your living space that is a part of you. Well, how does that help community? Well, by by creating spaces that people enjoy and feel comfortable in and then couple that with maybe your desire to enter or your enjoying enjoyment of entertaining and putting on events or parties or even just a you know a high tea you know bringing people into your home this is these elements of your creative expression are building your community your connections with others um my partner suki is uh she she's an incredible event planner you know she can she can pull off parties in our home that are 
incredibly complicated with huge menus and she you know she pays attention to every detail in our home in preparation for this event so when you're involved in something that that is um, vocational in nature that is that really connects with your skills your passions and can bring you abundance um, and that abundance can be monetary or abundance can be in the form of friends and community coming into your life um, when you connect with those types of things you're all you're, you you think about them all the time you obsess over them and when you get into those modes of thinking and obsession then you really can connect to the the psychological flow states that people call it the zone whatever you want but as yeah. as researched by uh, mihai Csikszentmihalyi, when we get into those states of flow those autotelic experiences where we enjoy doing what we're doing simply for the act of doing it when you can make your experience a flow experience then then it you know then uh the way that it makes you feel and your output you'll get get connected in a way that elevates both of them anyway so getting to getting back to that whole idea about community yeah so creative expression i think in in all dimensions and all forms is a, it's it's a kind of community building it's a kind of service to others in providing them with with your insight your thoughts your belief your sense of style your art your philosophy your words all these different dimensions um tend to bring us all together because we it, they these th different things generate discussion they generate interest they generate a sense of of wanting to share you know even you know something as silly as uh you know getting together with my buddies to to tie trout flies you know <laughs> sitting around a table drinking whiskey tying flies getting ready to go fishing um you know there some things you some things you just can't beat that you know in terms of their value to how they fulfill your life and i think you nail it john you know it, yeah it's, it's about community for sure my man that's great mm. uh, i love the the idea that building that community that space to be in service to others and, and share your humanity is kind of how i'm tying it all up with the the different ways that you describe it you know your, mm -hmm. your values your philosophy your sense of style your sense you know personality uh, i think is super is a super cool way to think about mm. creative endeavors right because because yeah, like sometimes you create things because it feels good. Sometimes you create it for other people. Mm -hmm. I think when you can merge all of that together <laughs> and then create a space that's welcoming and promotes that, I think there is a certain sense of magic mm -hmm. to that, just to kind of sum that up as I'm processing it and trying to take notes. So <laughs> No, it's it's true. And it and it and it can be on a grand level. <laughs> like that that benefit that I put on, or it can be on um, on a, a much more intimate le level. But it, you know, it's all about sharing, and all and sometimes we we have to overcome our fears, our fear of rejection, 
that you know all right i'm i'm, I'm going to do this because i like doing it but i'm not but i'm going to withhold it and not show it to anybody because i'm i have a fear that i'm going to lose my uh my sense of pride because i'll i'll feel ashamed at my output um and so some people go through life like that and, and that in and in and of itself is a shame because the fact is is that that while other people's opinions shouldn't matter what you present and how people react to it ultimately changes where you might go go with it and where you might take it and but it also offers the opportunity to uh to really deeply connect with people. One of the things that I did, that I've done in recent years, that, and, and this is getting back to the community side of it, uh, one of the things that I've done in recent years that, that you know, from a creative standpoint is uh, is something that I can look back on as a, as a, really a, a culmination of, of, a, of and kind of, and confluence of, many different things to bring this one piece of art to be and that was my son and my daughter and at the time my future son-in-law claire and dylan were uh, planning on getting married and so i wanted to you know what do you buy your kid for their wedding do you just give them cash you know i want <laughs> wanted something and so i Two good friends of mine, um, David and Michelle Bear, uh, live in Manchester, Mass. And um, Michelle is a stained glass artist. And whenever I would go over to their home, I was just blown away by both the volume of work of stained glass that that she had around their home, but also just the, the beauty and the I mean, I've always loved stained glass. I've always you know, looked at it in awe when I've visited churches throughout the world. If you ever go to uh, to Barcelona, um, uh, uh, Sagrada Familia, uh, the Sacred Family, is uh, it's actually a, a cathedral that has been in construction for over two hundred years. Oh yeah, okay. And uh, and you can get access to it, but it's still being finished. I think it's going to be finished sometime in the next couple of years. Anyway, um, that has some amazing stained glass. So, sorry, my my short stories tend to get long. Um, <laughs> so I thought, yeah, I thought maybe stained glass. So I had an ambitious project. This was January. They were getting married in June. I had a concept where I wanted to create four four plates about about yay big of stained glass. Each one represented something different. Um, one piece of stained glass would be re be representative of my daughter. Another piece would be representative of where they met on Cape Ann, mm -hmm. in in you know here north of Boston. Another one would represent Dylan, and then the fourth side would be would represent where they live now, on uh, Cloudland Road in Woodstock, Vermont. And so for Claire, I created a, a fiddle because she plays violin. Dylan uh, created a, a guitar. He plays guitar. And then I created an ocean scene, and then I created a pastoral scene in the mountains or in the hills outside Woodstock. And um, so these are stylized, simple, you know, not too complicated, but 
it, stained glass being what it is, it was, they, they, they looked great. And, but I had to, I had to figure out what I was going to do with these four plates. I just didn't want to give them four pieces of stained glass. So I enlisted the help of my son who he himself has become a very adept woodworker and he has a, uh, CNC router that allows okay. him to make high precision, uh, products using uh, mostly Baltic birch plywood. Anyways, he created a, a wooden lantern and, you know, the stained glass occupy each plate occupies one side of the lantern and he put a, a light bulb inside and it turned out to just be this incredible piece of art that my son and I collaborated on as a gift to my daughter and my son-in-law. And so it's just, connecting me with him with them and with the the workshop with david and and michelle and michelle michelle's friend kai who runs shards uh stained glass shop in in peabody massachusetts you know i spent time with kai and they all thought that i was crazy that i'm never going to get this done <laughs> mm -hmm. but when you have, have you know performance necessity being what it is this particular project, I you know, it connected with my identity. It connected with my obsession in wood and, and stained glass. It connected with my uh, with my sense of social duty to to provide something that would ha may have a legacy. And it and it and it aligned with urgency because I had a deadline. So <laughs> I, I was. It's one of those things. When you get when, when you hit all four of those the, the four horsemen of performance necessity and you've got all of them flying you cannot fail <laughs> at whatever it is that you're doing that's the lesson of that that this particular thing but anyway so uh so yeah that it turned out to be a wonderful wonderful project um it's getting a little bit dark here and i don't have very good lighting but i can make some adjustments if uh if i start to get too dark for you just let you just let me know Okay. Yeah. Not, so far, it's fine. Like I said, it's a podcast, so most yeah. <laughs> most people will be hearing your voice. Um, yeah. Sounds good. Let me let me just open the shade over here. That'll just shed a little bit of light on it. Um, okay. A little bit extra light. There we go. There. That's now, there. You are. I see you now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So. On that topic, I love the idea of the, this ambitious project, learning something new, really connecting to it personally and socially, uh, doing it in service for others. Uh, is that a formula you use often? Is that just how that happened to ha or come about for that particular project and situation? Uh, are there other areas in your life, I guess, where you tend to try to engage the this performance necessity idea no and that you know i didn't really think about it until today uh, <laughs> yeah. yes I I, <laughs> I I i and performance necessity is front of mind because i was i was actually coaching a client on the, this today um i think if you if i look back to all of these particularly the major projects but also my entree into them, it is multidimensional and really appeals to a, a 
broad range of elements that define performance necessity. Um, so I recently uh, took up printmaking, which is a form of fine art, which I'd never done. You know, I mean, stained glass, I guess, but, and I'm not a, you know, I don't draw. I can't draw worth a lick, but I have, I have a, I think I have a, I mean, I have a sense of, of what I like graphically. Mm -hmm. And so I can pull together pieces and cobble them together to make something that's unique in my own. And um, so, but when I started printmaking, I had the vision of, all right, this is going to be my Christmas gift for this year. And it was. Uh, when I started acting, it was, there was a, you know, it identified, it connected with my identity because of the particular piece that we were working on was really cool and historical and unique. Uh, I learned because of the team nature of theater, you tend to obsess over it because you're you're part of a team, and you 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 want the team to succeed, and you also want to succeed. So, you know, I obsessed over it. I I studied my lines religiously. Um, you know, there's definitely a social duty associated with that because because of what you're bringing to the community and there's obviously a sense of urgency you've got opening night so you better make sure you're ready to go or you know things you know the the wheels are going to fall off the cart pretty fast so so yeah i i think i think yeah i mean if you can connect with performance necessity and and in those four dimensions with whatever creative endeavor you're pursuing um First of all, you're going to put your best foot forward and and deliver the best you can. And sometimes it's just a matter of identifying with those things, with those things and and connecting with them. And the more you think about what it is that you're doing, um, you know, the, the more you'll be able to connect with those four dimensions. That classic um that classic video on YouTube by Earl Nightingale called uh the world's strangest secret have you ever seen that uh, i haven't yeah worth 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 uh, 25 minutes of your time it was a, a recording that earl nightingale made in the 1950s and at the time it was the 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 highest selling spoken word uh long playing record lp mm. okay and and he talks about the strangest secret and you know and this is it's timeless it's it's really just about um you know the people that are the most successful are the ones that think about pursuing a worthy endeavor taking specific focused action in the pursuit of a worthy endeavor is the definition is his definition of success and a lot of times that's just they you know you you it's on your mind you're obsessing you're thinking about it um and so that becomes yeah the, the ability to to actually put out stuff that you're really proud of uh you know has a lot to do with being able to connect to that dimension and uh and and 
as we've touched upon, I mean, creative expression comes in many forms. Creative expression comes in the, 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 the way that you converse with people. You know, what kind of energy you bring to the conversation, what kind of animation, what kind of vocal inflection do you employ? The kind of drama you know, that you might engage in <laughs> when you're speaking with someone. You know, all of these things are part and parcel of, of the, the creative elements of who you are and what you bring to the table. Absolutely. And, prof and, prof absolutely. <laughs> and, and professionally as well. You know, I mean, it's, you know, it's, you know communication is part of, of everyone's profession. And so, you know, that this whole creative expression thing, you know, with the exception of those poor, unfortunate souls who are hermits, uh, and do not get out and and, and and do not have the ability to interact with other people. God bless them. They're, they're, that's the, those are that those are terrible situations. But with the exception of those people, we all have the opportunity to express ourselves creatively many times during the day, all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's really it's much bigger than just, yeah, I want to go to the local art school and create a painting. Well, no, it's it's so. You have to think about it in much broader terms. And when you connect that with what creative expression is, that it is the expression of you, of your beliefs, of who you are, what you love, what you're all about, what you what you what you hope for the future, you know, then then it as I had said, you know, you're you're really leveraging that as a fulcrum for a fulfilling life. Yeah. And it's yeah, I love all of that. Um, uh, so while you were talking, it reminded me of, like, you know, my dad is a carpenter, um, and always worked with his hands. And so helping him kind of grow up this kind of like craftsman belief that you give, you know, whatever you're doing, you give a hundred percent of your attention, you give a hundred percent of your effort. And if you're really bad at it, that's where you're at right now. And that's fine. But something you will not ever do is half asset for mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to use his language um, <laughs> you know so i think a way of another way of maybe expanding on the idea of creative expression is this idea of always putting your best foot forward your best effort forward and seeing what happens so um you know in any of the, the projects you mentioned before like creating stained glass i have no idea how I could do it. And I, like you, uh, draw like a three-year-old. Like I could do stick figures perfectly and that's fine. Uh, maybe you're more advanced than that. I don't wanna, uh, I haven't seen any of your artwork, but uh, when it comes to getting in the game and, and starting something and, and trying, like that's almost as important if you're fully engaged and putting forth that effort. So with all that said, I'm curious, is there a, belief you have about creative expression that other people don't or is not popular or is a little contrarian hmm. and and anybody who's a promoter of of uh of the arts well this is so it's not this is not necessarily contrarian for the people that are the promoters of art but i think that it's that this concept is lost on people and maybe they just kind of you know shake their heads and dismiss you when you say this to them and that is yet yeah, we all have this capacity 
to express ourselves creatively. And it's, and, and, it, and it's not so much that you can only, you can do anything if you put your mind to it. Well, no, we, you know, I cannot become a starting forward for the Boston Celtics ever, <laughs> particularly now <laughs> going forward. Um, but here, here's, here's the contrarian perspective. Okay. Um, we are products of our limitations. So understanding your limitations is, is where you can find real power because it is in the, it's in how, what you do to get around the limitation, the fact that you're striving to get around the limitation and what you create as a result of taking that different path to get to the end point, that's where you can find real magic. It's not the only place where you can find magic, but it's it's the place where you can find real magic, right? So I'll show you, I've got, I'm just gonna to slide over here. I just wanna show you something real quick. Okay, cool. If I can just bounce off camera, I'll keep talking so that you know I'm still here, but... Um, <laughs> You know, so a, a product, here's a, here's an interesting, this is a product of a limitation. And the limitation was, is that, well, I had a, a you know, a, a frame design for a, for a, a, a stained glass piece that I was giving as a gift to, to my children. And, and the, and I failed in terms of the design of the frame. It doesn't look like I failed, but trust me, it's a, it's a failure. Um, in terms of its integrity and the type of wood that I used. Um, so, so I had this piece, this failure. I said, well, what can I do with, you know, this is, a, this is still a triangle. What can I do with this? And I took, a, I took some scrap glass that was just going to get discarded. And then I just, you know, I did this, right? It's just, it's got holes. Oh, cool. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's not a proper piece of stained glass, but it's something that I created that is kind of cool. And... This never would have happened if, if without my imperfection of designing and creating a frame the first time through, right? Yeah. I ended up, I ended up, you know, figuring out what it was that I was doing wrong, and I came up with a better design for that triangle. But in the end, you know, I came up with something that I never would have discovered, and it, because I, I kind of embraced the, the limitations. Um, here's a great story of a of a of a musician who is one of my idols, and uh, this guy, uh, his name is. Before we jump, before we jump in on that story, I just want to highlight yeah. the. There's so much gold in in what you just shared. And I just want to make sure we don't miss it. In okay. that, <laughs> I think yeah. in life, there's so many times where we think we didn't get it right, we failed. Mm -hmm. And to be able to identify that as like, oh, I just learned something. Like mm -hmm. you said, you'd learned that there's a different way to design this to make it stronger in the particular way that you wanted to. So there's that sense of forward momentum and growth there and like, okay, I did this thing, didn't work out, mm -hmm. it's time to adjust, right? So that growth mindset is super important. Um, whether it's crafting something, creating a piece of software, or um, 
trying to have a new conversation with your spouse, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I, I think there's so much of that seed uh, of change <clears throat> and for improvement that was wrapped there. I also mm -hmm. like want to highlight, like you showed this, this triangle that looked like a beautiful piece of art that was based on your mistakes. And, you know, when you think of music, and I know you have a music story, but like, you think of like jazz, you think of when you're playing with people, if you're playing with good musicians, in my particular opinion, they can help cover or enhance a mistake to make it seem like it never happened, right? You know, the, the, the piece of stage advice, just keep playing because you're the only one that noticed. Um, and you can get away with a lot of little errors or big errors too, if you just confidently um, own it and move on yeah. is super, super important. So I know you shared that in like three sentences, but there, I thought was a lot to unpack there oh, and just life lessons, you. you know? Thank you. Thank you. That I love that. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, it's funny, you know, you, if you, if when playing music, you know, if you make a if you make a mistake once, it's called a clam. <laughs> uh, if you make a mistake a second time, it's called jazz. <laughs> <laughs> That's a uh, funny music joke. Which it is a funny music. So just two little side stories. Um, so I'm I've I've been convalescing from an injury and watching some. I I love uh, film noir. Um, you know, old black and you know black and white TV shows from the late '50s, early '60s. I've been getting into like Alfred Hitchcock and Perry Mason, The Twilight Zone, and I discovered one called Peter Gunn, G-U-N-N, Peter Gunn. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. Check it out. You'll you'll recognize that Peter Gunn is actually a song that was, uh, I think, Dwayne Eddy uh, came out with it, and it's actually the theme music to this really cool. A half hour long private eye show the, the who's the private eye's name is peter gunn mm -hmm. and and it's uh, centered around this um um this bar i think it might be in san francisco cisco it's called mothers and it's a jazz club and so each episode opens with some you know really hip jazz and jazz is is they have jazz musicians and actual you know not lip syncing performances but real recorded performances of a jazz ensemble at least mm. one an episode it's really wow. yeah you can get it on amazon prime if you if you have that it's called peter gunn g-u-n-n so check it out so the the inspiration that i was going to mention is a is a is a musician by the name of Django reinhardt have you ever heard of him yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Django, when he was 18, I believe, he's a he's a proper gypsy, right? So he lived in a caravan in France and he was a musician at the time, but their caravan, um, I don't know if it's a caravan or just his tent, but he he uh, he was bad, badly burned in a fire and, and it was his fingering hand, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, the hand that where he fingers on the fretboard of the guitar. And so he his pinky and his ring finger were badly burned couldn't use these anymore oh no this one was terribly scarred and he could use it a little bit so the he just had his thumb and his pointer on his fingering hand and uh that limitation uh forced him to create a style of music that is still considered a separate genre to this day known as gypsy jazz oh wow and uh, 
there are a number of bands that employ gypsy jazz a contemporary band based out of paris who i've seen several times uh their name is caravan palace and uh yeah they're all of their videos are really cool their live performances are amazing but you'll if you go if you listen to some Django reinhardt live rec recorded Django reinhardt it's down you know you can tell it was recorded in the 40s you know it's <laughs> like it's that yeah. it's got that it's got that audio patina that mm -hmm. you can only get from old <laughs> recording equipment but you can you listen to that style and then if you listen to a little bit of caravan palace uh you'll say oh yeah gypsy jazz i dig it i dig it it's 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 a anyway so that's a he's he's you know one of my favorite music musical heroes that shows the power of of overcoming your limitations that it can actually bring you something beautiful and unique and new and amazing that that is totally you it's it's you it it's it's you know so i, I think that everybody everyone is 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 you know can certainly lean into that and not only lean into it and create something amazing but also not allowed to to discourage you recognize that mm -hmm. in the overcoming of those shortcomings you do something for your whole self that goes well beyond just the art that's yeah I absolutely love that. There's a confidence to it. There's a confidence into no matter what life throws at me, I can find the resources, the, you know, the, you could problem solve around anything. So you become unstoppable in a way. You become unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to put it, dude. I love it. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> so um i'm i'm curious now um if you were going to recommend someone that maybe hadn't has not tapped into their creative expression as much in their life whether they're starting you know you know just starting careers or they've been you know grinding away for a while um without that that connection to it do you have like two or three suggestions or pieces of mm -hmm. advice for them to get started yeah so um yeah the, i think that the that the most important thing is uh is to is to connect with a community but well even before you get there let first step is 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 to connect with with what interests you and i mean we've got such amazing research resources to try to understand hey this is something that i'm really interested in and 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 you know maybe it's the maybe it's you know it's it's food maybe it's people maybe maybe it's no i just want to be by myself in in this creation and so maybe it's writing you know just taking some time and journaling to to find out what it is about you that is uh, that is unique in terms of the medium by which you want to express yourself mm -hmm. and you know and and so even before that you know you can expect express yourself creatively take the time 
to create an environment that is uniquely you, right? A lot of people forget, you know, just blow right past that. But that's the, that's a that's the first thing that you can that is accessible to everybody as soon as they, you know, leave this podcast. Mm-hmm. Look around your space and is this space a sanctuary for me in my head, in my mind, and where mm-hmm. I want to be? You know, and so then the next thing is is to is to you know, to connect with the things that interest you. You know, is it food? Is it wood? The most forgiving medium is wood. Is it blacksmith? Because, you know, your uncle worked on the railroad or, or grandfather worked on whatever. Uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a, a study into, your, in your, into yourself. And the third thing is to be opportunistic. Sometimes you just got to try something. And so you want to get involved with something that is going to be easy for you to complete mm-hmm. right and easy means convenient so <laughs> if you want to if you want to take up woodworking but you know the only place to go is the bennett street school in the north end in boston well one it's a you know it's a hour drive away from me and two you know i don't have the fifteen thousand dollar tuition that you have to pay for the courses down there right so that's not convenient on two dimensions for me it's not convenient yeah but well wait a minute i've got miramar print lab less than a five minute drive from my home i'm gonna go and check those guys out and uh because it's convenient and it's accessible and it's in your community too so you get you make the connection with the, with your community when you so so that that would i guess be the third thing is to is to you know stand on the shoulders of others you know don't try to reinvent the wheel you know that that's i'd say 85% of the time that's not a, that's not a good strategy the other 15% you know possibly those are you know those are prodigies you know people who mm-hmm were completely designed to be a violin player. And, that, and that's the only thing that they're going to do for the rest of their lives. The rest of us poor slobs, no, that's not us. We're not prodigies. And that's okay. Because you don't need to be to be able to get the fulfillment that you deserve from creative expression. Mm. Fantastic. That is super, super awesome and wise. Um, so one thing that, that popped up too, if you're struggling with figuring out what you're interested in, um, Adam Savage, who's one of the Mythbuster guys, who I'm a big fan of as a oh, giant yeah. nerd. Um, I think I was watching something he was in or something he had written and one of his messages that I really love is to create the things that you love in the world. So mm-hmm. how he approaches making props, because he's built like, you name it, in Star Wars, like Mandalorian armors, lightsabers, you know, he has the, the you know, crafting skills to be able to make replicas that he then showcases in his home. So um, 
you know, talking about what you're interested in, sometimes it's like, I really love chocolate chip cookies and that's going to be my pandemic project is figuring out <laughs> how to crack that code, you know, or um, I really love guitars. I'm going to learn how to craft a guitar from start to finish mm -hmm. using like an old oil drum and a broomstick and, you know, like I had some friends or knew some people in Arkansas that had these makeshift like instruments that they made themselves and then would go play, which is pretty crazy and, and wild. So um, I thought I'd offer that extra bit of, of advice after some three solid points of connect with your interests, create your unique environment and oh, seek I, the opportunity. I love that. And you, you probably have heard of these guys, this guy before. I don't know what his name is. Uh, but maybe you'll recognize what he's famous for. Um, I think this is maybe the fourth or fifth year that he he annually cr creates this product. It's known as the Glitter Bomb. Ah, yeah, Mark Roper. Yeah. What's sorry, what, what is the thing that he connects with? Is it you know getting back at porch pirates? No, I think basically what drives him is just this intense desire to refine a product mm -hmm. and, and just continually add features to it. I mean, if you look at, at the, <laughs> you know, for those of you that don't know, it's this guy that, that creates these, uh, these pranks for porch pirates, people that steal packages off your porch. And, you know, so that when they open up the box and it's, it looks like a shrink wrapped box of, uh, you know, with with high-end headphones in it or something whatever right mm -hmm. and you know when you take the box off it explodes ultra fine you know a pound of ultra fine glitter in your home and starts to spray fart spray in, in, your, <laughs> in, in your home at the same time so that and, and it's got cameras mounted that that send off the images of what just transpired so that so that you've got the benefit of seeing the perpetrators uh <laughs> punished <laughs> brilliant stuff that brilliant stuff but anyway yeah he, he's got that he's got a, a whole series on trying to outsmart squirrels in his backyard which is really highly uh, entertaining like the guy loves engineering likes making <laughs> things um brings a sense of joy to oh god yeah these problems and yeah, yeah. it's fantastic yeah. Yeah, see, if you're if you're an engineer he's inspirational um in that regard because yes he connects that the the, the aspect of engineering with creative expression now i'm not sure what he does in his day job and, and if he has that same level of passion um but if he does boy he's a he's a hugely successful engineer that's for sure yeah i think he actually has a program now where he has a, a lab where he brings in kids to teach them engineering concepts yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Which I, is I can't imagine he's he's super. working for the man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. But no, not uh, anymore. that's that is fantastic. Uh, with that said, um, I'd love to end um, or before we get how to follow up and contact you. Is there something you haven't shared in a piece of content or in a podcast interview before about creative expression that you could share with us today? Kind of like an exclusive uh <laughs> story or insight or thing you'd love to share um yeah i the thing that i'd like to leave everybody with that 
I've never, I've never really said this. I've said a few things out loud that I haven't haven't said before today. So you've got, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm awesome. excited to go back through this and pull those out <laughs> because this conversation uh, helps you to unearth new perspectives and things. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. I find this type of, of of interaction really beneficial. This this form of creative expression, what we've created today. Um, but I think the thing is, is that. Um, no, no matter who you are, creative expression is accessible to the same level that it is accessible to the world's greatest artists. You know, and I, I guess with the exception of those people that, you know, absolutely obsess over one thing or one thing only, but no, not, that's not my point. My point is, is that, you know, the, what they have created and what you create, that it's it's no less valuable to you or your community. So if I can if I can impart upon that concept upon people, that 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 what they what they're capable of is far beyond what they currently imagine, and that 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 living beyond those those expectations and living outside of your comfort zone of what you think is possible, and that's where the real action's at. You know, it's, you know, you and I, you learned this the last time we were together at the coaching summit that, you know, unless it's a good thing to have imposter syndrome. If you don't have imposter syndrome, there's something wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. Having imposter syndrome is, is important and healthy because it means you're living outside of your comfort zone. You're doing something that you've never done before. And that's a real exciting place to be when you put it in the proper perspective. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that works. I that's that's the first thing that comes to mind without spending too much time on it. No, that that's beautiful. It's a great way to round out this fantastic hour of the podcast. So, Jim, before we sign off, what is the best way for folks to follow up to um, you know follow up with you, get involved in your world? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, so if you go to www.hire-arc.com, that's H-I-G-H-E-R-A-R-C.com, you can join my community uh, where we publish content regularly. We have programs, we have uh, webinars. Uh, we're going to be going live webinars on a bi-weekly basis in January. And so, you know, these are going to be you know, relatively short programs, 30 minutes to an hour. You know, we'll see how, how that transpires, but those are going to be coming up. And uh, and uh, you can connect with me and my community and, and maybe participate in some of the programs that I offer. So that's that's the best way. And, and my email is uh, james.koski, K-A-W-S-K-I at hire, H-I-G-H-E-R dash arc, A-I-A-R-C dot com. And uh, yeah, you can find me that way. I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm the only James Kosky out there. So, um. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I will have all those links down in the show notes. So if you didn't catch that while he was talking through, I got you covered. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> yes. So uh, with that, Jim, I I'm so thrilled to have had this really uh, fun conversation about authentic 
expression, creative expression. I uh, hope that you continue on, uh, you know, doing all the crazy things that you do, all the new things. It's always uh, good to hear these stories. Always great to connect. And uh, with that, we'll see you guys in the next episode of the Meaningful Revolution podcast. Jim, please come back soon. I'd love yeah. to do this again. Let's do this and, again. Uh, yeah, we've got lots of stuff we can talk about. Totally, totally. Uh, I'll have to try to get all the, the musicians that come on on one episode and see if we can figure out a way to play together. That might be fun. That so, would be fun. Yeah. And yeah, it would be fun to do a panel discussion sometime too. Oh, yeah, totally. So, yeah. well, before we get there, folks, we have to sign off. So go out there, live with more joy, more growth, more impact in your communities. And we'll see you in the next episode of the Meaningful Revolution podcast. I hope you loved this episode of the Meaningful Revolution podcast. And if you did, please share this with three of your friends to get the word out and direct them to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and leave a comment because that's what really helps us with the show. So you can also direct them to Spotify or Google. So most major podcasting platforms, you can find the Meaningful Revolution podcast. So, but Apple helps us out the most. So please direct your folks to there if you would. If you would like to start your personal Meaningful Revolution, I have some exciting news. This year, we're starting the um, Meaningful Revolution Challenge. First one being the first week in January. So sign up in the link below in the show notes here to spend three days for free live with me, where we'll go over defining and getting clarity on your personal Meaningful Revolution, that fulfilling transformation, that authentic self, to show up in this next year. We'll spend on the second day building your plan so that you know what you need to do to make strides towards that personal meaningful revolution. And then thirdly, we'll talk about tips, tricks, and strategies to implement and to commit to your plan next year. So those are the three days. We'll have prizes. There'll be a chance to ask questions. There'll be a chance to, um, you know, get some coaching if you need some to in your particular situation to get you in the game, to get you moving forward, to get you into that meaningful revolution, that fulfilling transformation. Also, if you'd like some one-on-one -on -one time, there's two options also below here where you can sign up for a uh, strategy session. And the free strategy session I'll post on YouTube as part of a new series, full disclosure there. But during that call, you will get, you know, you'll fill out an application. It'll help you think about your life in a different way, get you kind of primed for our one hour strategy session. It gives me a chance to identify some areas to focus on so that you get the most bang for your buck during that call. We go, we build you a personalized strategy plan going forward with um, tools and tricks and habits and, and all that kind of great stuff. And it's all focused and customized to your life. So definitely click on that if you're like hey i don't want this on youtube i'd like it a little bit private it's 200 dollars for that one hour call please make sure you sign up today because i only have so many slots each week where i can do these calls and they fill up quick so don't miss your chance to get one-on-one -on -one coaching get your strategy plan your strategy session locked in by clicking on those links below mm -hmm.